All right, welcome to the ninth edition of the Stay Hot Podcast and the third edition of our 10th Region Preview. On tonight's episode, I got Pendleton County Head Coach Sam Ellsburn. Coach Ellsburn's a guy who, you know, as an opposing coach, you have to respect. His kids always play hard. They're physically and mentally tough. They take on the personality of their coach. And, you know, anytime you step on the sidelines with a Coach Ellsburn Pendleton County squad, you know, you know you're in a dogfight. Uh, Pendleton County's coming off a 7-12 and 12 record. Um, they lose three seniors to graduation that I feel like were key contributors to their team. Um, four total, but three as an opposing coach that I prepared for. And I'll let coach talk about all the seniors. But, um, you know, Coach Ellsburn, I appreciate you giving me your time tonight. I know you've had work and I know you've uh, had basketball practice. Uh, I would say that I'm a little jealous that you're still going to practice and I'm coming home at three o'clock, but it's not hit me yet that I'm no longer coaching. So I really enjoy you know, coming home. But just tell me, it's early. How's practice going so far? I know you still got football to, you know, deal with, and some of your athletes probably play football. But tell me so far, how's practice going? Uh, it's going all right. Um, we, we actually got all our football players in for the first, like, official time of day. Um, so they, they were here Monday, and then Tuesday they actually had to take their fall team pitchers. And then um, they had to turn in all their gear and stuff like that. Um, so we got we had a we had a two at football, um, one at soccer, and a couple at cross country. So it's going all right. Um, not a lot installed yet. Still a lot of just you know individual improvement. But we do a lot of that most every day anyway. You know as much as we can to try and develop these guys' skills. Um, as we start to you know get these football guys more integrated into stuff, we'll start putting more stuff in. Um, you know we. We're, we're in a position where we we don't have a whole lot of experience returning. We, I think we've got some talent, um, but it's young. And what's not young besides Braden and Jacob, Bryce, and Ethan Verse is inexperienced. Um, so, um, well, like I said, we're going to be we're going to be in a position to where I think we may be able to build as the season goes on and hopefully be playing our best ball as we get towards March. Well, and, you know, I just talked to Coach Wrights and, you know, another district coach, and, you know, we talked about our district. And, um, you know, this year it seems like our district is um, a lot more parity than what I would consider years past from when I started at Robertson County to where I felt like that first year, if we would have seeded, I would have been the four. Um, then the last couple of years, you know, we've been pretty strong at Robertson County. But this year, you know, and I don't think it's any secret, we've talked. Going into the season, I feel Harrison County is the one, clear-cut one, just because of their young talent that they have returning and a mixture of some of the older kids as well. I know Clay Carpenter returned and as well as Richard Harrison. They do have a strong, you know, junior-sophomore class. But um, between Robertson, Pendleton, and Nicholas – I won't be surprised if any of the three are the two, and I won't be surprised if any of the three are the four. So just as the season approaches, you know, what do you tell your kids going into the season this year about, you know, because technically, you know, all three of those teams have a real good opportunity to make the regional tournament, and it makes the regular season with us seeding. You're getting to play two games now against each district opponent. So it kind of makes those games a little bit more important. Um, I – uh. The first thing we tell our kids every year is we have we have three major goals, and it's the same thing probably most guys tell you. 
the first one's going to be we're going to do everything we can to be the number one seed in the 38th district. From there, we want to win the district, and from there, you want to win the region. And that's three goals. And, if they're, and I realize there's years where that's, that's easier to do than others, you know, no matter where you're at, uh, no matter what district you're in. But if you don't set that as a goal, then what are we even doing here? Um, that, that's, that's just my logic with it. Um, our guys understand the importance of the district games. Our guys also understand that we're going to play a fairly tough schedule that's going to challenge us. We like to get we like to get into the tough environments in the 10th region, obviously. We also like to go out and face athleticism. You know, we're, we like to play in big gyms. You know, we're not afraid to play teams from from outside the area that are, you know, been state tournaments and stuff like that. Um, every summer we go down and scrimmage uh, Louisville Eastern, where my high school head coach is at, and we just try and we try and try and play talent. Um, you know, with the with the realization that it's, that it should help us in the long run. You know, just just playing good teams, and and I think our kids get excited for it too because you know, it's like every night's a challenge for them. You know, so well, uh, that's, and that's you know something you. Well, something you just said that I, I don't think a lot of people realize how coaches think when it comes to scheduling. Um, you know, when, you know, when some guys from you know the community or somebody on the outside looks at a schedule, think, "Why in the world are they playing, you know, Martin County, or why in the world are they playing at GRC, or you know, why are they going to Rowan County to play West Carter?" And you know, you look at your schedule; it is tough. You know, you got Shelby Valley, and you play a lot of tough teams, but you just touched on why you do those things. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, you know, you want to play in the big gyms because where's the region at the field house. You want to play in those tough environments because that's what a district tournament environment is, or that's what a regional tournament environment is. So you try to put your kids in all those situations. So when it happens in the postseason, it's, it's not unfamiliar territory. So um, I'm glad you touched on that because I don't think a lot of people realize what goes through our minds as coaches when we do the scheduling. So um, that's very good stuff right there. That's good insight. And, um, you know, that, that, we, that, that also, that, that, you know, a lot of times you say, you know, you're a product of your environment or you're a product of, you know, everybody comes from somebody's coaching tree. Um, you know, and it's not as much with, with Coach Henley, the teams we had at Holmes. I mean, I'm not being arrogant when I say this. We could have went and played anybody and beaten anybody. But I, I consider more what Brad Carr would go play anybody, anywhere, load up the cheese bus, let's roll, let's go. You know, sometimes there would be a return date, sometimes there wouldn't. But, man, we played in some very cool environments. We played, you know, we played against very good teams. And it's, you know, obviously Coach Carr is, if not my mentor, one of my mentors. And one thing I learned from him was you're not getting better scheduling 25 wins. And, you know, he said, go play teams because come the postseason, your guys will be battle tested and they'll be ready to go. He said, and go play them on the road. Go play, go play in tough environments. And I think there's a lot of, lot of stock in that. And I think there's a lot of truth in that statement. And I'm not so sure as a coach, I realized that when I was a young head coach, I felt like as a young head coach, I was going to be evaluated on how many wins and losses I had and not necessarily who the wins were against. And, um, you know, so I think that's something that I definitely learned that I didn't know it starting out. But um, 
last season, um, you averaged 53.4 points per game as a team. Um, every time I had the opportunity to play you, you challenged me to be a better coach because I knew your teams were going to be prepared. I knew they were going to be well coached. I knew they were going to be hard nosed. Um, but one thing I felt like you did as a coach that I just watch in amazement at when I watch you on tape, I watch you on film, and just your substitution patterns. You know, a lot of people do um, the kind of offense for defense stuff only in the last two minutes of a game or free throw shooting or whatever. Um, you have your substitutions down to a science, and it's fun to watch. And it's also getting a lot of guys, a lot of in-game experience in different situations. So um, is that something that's maybe your philosophy? Is that something you've learned from maybe Coach Hensley or Coach Carr? Or, or is that, I mean, I really enjoy watching. I'm not going to lie because, you know, as a coach, sometimes I don't feel like I had enough confidence in some of my bench guys, and I feel like it hurt me a lot in postseason play when I would have to go a little bit deeper in my bench due to foul trouble or an injury. And I didn't have the confidence in those kids deeper on the bench because I didn't give them those minutes in the regular season. So talk about that because I think it's something that you do that's kind of um, maybe specific to you. I don't think a lot of coaches do that. Well, I know one time, you know, a lot of times when we're at the foul line and we're and we have a chance to improve our situation defensively, uh, you know, off of a make, well, I mean, we may have a guy at the table and he may not even be getting the shooter, but he might not be going until the second, you know, until the ball is given to the official for the second one. And just a chance, you know, just so a team can't get out and run a quick, fast break on you. Um, I think part of that also is, you know, a lot of times that comes down, you know, okay, there's two minutes to go in the first quarter and it might not be this, the, the end of the quarter, but, you know, like if trading in the past had already had a foul, okay, maybe I can steal a possession here. Or I haven't burned a timeout yet. If 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 it goes up and down a couple times and we get in trouble, okay, maybe I can call timeout and get him back in the game, you know, something like that. Um, and the other thing is I just think you just sometimes you just got to have trust in your guys and sometimes it's just gut feeling, you know. And you also got some guys that, you know, they're in the game to guard people. So – Let's just roll it out. Let's let's take a chance with that. Um, you know, so I, I've never been afraid to, to play a lot of guys. Obviously, you get into the postseason. You get, you know, I mean, early on in the year, I'll, I'll play 10, 11 guys if, if, there's, if 10, 11 guys are worthy of it. I think eventually most most people set them or, you know, try and settle into about eight, nine if you can. Right, you know, and I think, you know, in the post- I think in the postseason, one thing we all do as coaches is we do try to uh, minimize our rotations or minimize the number of guys that we're going to play. But, you know, what, how you do it, you know, you're going to see a lot of guys in a lot of different situations. So you know what player is going to be best in that situation if needed in the postseason. And that's the area I probably needed to improve the most on that I really didn't work on as as much as I should have. And that, and that was – you know, trusting my guys. You know, I knew what guys I had. I knew what they could do, and I knew who I could rely on. And I probably should have gave, you know, some of those guys a little bit farther down an opportunity that could still a minute or still a possession here and there. So, um, well, P- PK, I'll be honest. If I'd have had some of those guys you had the past couple of years, I probably would <laughs> trust them quite a bit and let them play a few more minutes. Well, and, and you, you know, you, that you was did, my I mean, I'll say this. I thought you did a good job. You, know, you, I appreciate the compliment you said earlier. 
I, I thought where you made me a better coach was we had to figure out how to guard five guys that could score. And, and, and not every team has that. They might have three. They might have four. But for the most part, you had five. Whether And some of them were just catching and shooting the ball. Right. Okay, but who do, how do we – do we change the way we help? Do we do whatever? But, I mean, I thought you did a great job with those guys in the past. And, and, and you know, and if I had some of those guys, like I said, they they might they might have got the benefit of the doubt. You know, you got two fouls. Well, well don't get a third one. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and, you know and, yeah, and that, you know, I appreciate that. That's one thing me and John Michael talked about is, you know, I know you and John Michael are really close. He talked about how much respect he has for you. He talked about, you know, we both talked about how within our district and, you know, us three and Terrence, I don't know how many times on game days or game nights I'd get good luck texts from you or, you know, a congratulation text from John Michael or, or um, Terrence. So it's nice to work in a district where, you know, during the game, we step in the sidelines, we compete, we give it our best ability to have our kids be successful. We compete, compete against each other. Then as soon as the game's over, you go back to being friends because ultimately I think we see the bigger picture of the relationships we build as a coach with the other coaches. And, um, and our district, I feel, is really close-knit for that. But John Michael wanted me to pass a little message on to you. And um, I, bet I, know, I, I bet I know what this is. Well, I wrote this down because uh, I, I wanted to get it right. And, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that when I relayed the message that he couldn't come to back to me later on and um, asked me why I told you something that was incorrect. But, you know, if you go on to KHSAA scoreboard right now and go to Ryherds, you click on the little arrows on the far right, it'll give you the last so many matchups with that team. And he wanted to tell me um, that since 2011, uh, Pendleton County has beaten Nicholas County every year, and he told you to quit being so damn greedy and selfish and give him one this year. Okay. First of all, we play each other in January. That and 50 cents will get me half a Coke these days. And secondly, you know, I'm a, I like to think I'm a nice guy, but when it comes, I, I you know, you show me, a, you show me a person that's a good loser and I'll, that's exactly what I'll show you. So uh, I love John Michael. He's a great guy. And our goal was to keep that going, <laughs> that 2011 well, streak. But you know, every time we play them, I, I figured it was going to be what I always say to him: first one about forty-five wins. Because it, it matter. It's funny. I watched. I watched our film of last year from playing them today, and we didn't practice till about five thirty, and it's you know eight o'clock as we're doing this. So I had two two and a half hours to kill before we started practice. After school, I watched the film of that game, and I didn't know if I was watching basketball or just rock 'em sock 'em robot. <laughs> well, and. <laughs> And I'll be honest with you, um, and he mentioned, you know, that you all talk about the first one to 40 is going to win the game. But um, I just know, and, you know, I kept up with our district games a lot closer, you know, the last few years. Um, but, you know, those games with Nicholas County and Pendleton County are usually pretty competitive. And the game I told him that he didn't want me to bring up because I told him I felt bad for him um, was I was in attendance for the night Clay Monroe single-handedly pulled you from an L to get you into overtime and when you ultimately, you know, pulled out the win. And that was one of those big district games where I think that game decided who you were going to play in the postseason or had big implications. 
if I remember us, correctly. It got us the two seed, and it, it, it kept us away from having to play you guys uh, in the first round like it didn't do last year. And well, um, <laughs> We won't talk about that. I, we won't talk about that. We, hey, I don't care. You I know. Here. I'm just messing hey, with hey, you. know how I am, bro. You came in here and shoved us around. But uh, <laughs> And you guys played well, and hey, hats off to you. You wouldn't want a district again. No, uh, that game over there, that was a couple years back, but yeah, that was man. And I know he's been gone two years, but Clay could hit big shots. He did, and he liked hitting big shots in that gym. Because you remember in the district tournament that year, he hit two real big ones, and then then hit a big, you know, hit hit a couple free throws late to uh to get us into the district final game. Right. So, yeah, that's I, gonna... John Michaels brought that up from time to time. I don't bring it up with him very often. John Michael has the uh, habit of continuing to bring it up. Um, I, I, I swear I'm a good person and it's like never been me first who's, who's talked, but once he talks about, cause I, I'm very close with clay, his brother's still on, his dad was on staff and right. uh, Kent, Kent, re, Kent recently just kind of said, coach, I'm, and we're still, he's still my best friend in the County. Right. Uh, he hung it up. His brother's my varsity assistant, JV coach and does all the strength stuff with us. I mean, me and clay still go to dinner once a week. So right. I, I don't I'm very close with Clay still. And um it's it's funny that John brings that up, man. That's yeah, he brings it up, he brings it up all the time. Well, <laughs> and you know, Clay was a great high school basketball player and you know, a kid that has an opposing coach that you know you gotta prepare for and you know calls you some sleepless nights on how you're gonna keep him out of the scoring column and you know, just a good solid player. But you know, when we're talking about last year. Um, I've said on record several times and, um, people probably look at me like I got three heads, but you know, with all the great talent we have in the 10th and I've told you this, I felt like trading Thomas was single handedly the hardest one player to defend. And, and, you know, I want to say congrats to trading on, you know, accepting a scholarship to Brescia because, you know, anytime you get an opportunity to play at the next level, that's big time. But, you know, trading average 18.5 points per game and, he could get to the free throw line with the best. Anytime he drove to the basket, he could cradle that ball, and you couldn't rip it away. He finished with contact. And I feel like last year he got to the point to where he was knocking down some jumpers, which made it a lot harder for him to guard because you couldn't just back off. So um, talk about what Mason, Noah, and Trayton meant to your program last year and how you plan on – you know, I hate using the word replace because sometimes we graduate kids – who we can't really replace what all they did for our program. But tell me, you know, what they meant to you all last year and what your expectations on how you may try to replace what they gave you last year. Uh, well, with Mason, he uh, – Mason was a very athletic kid. Um, he he had a good career here. Um, in all honesty, he, and he probably, uh, scoring-wise, you know, had a little bit better junior year. Um because he was more someone that could get out in space and make a play. And just like you, we talked about earlier with, with having Clay and, and Brett Booth and Seth that first year, we were able to spread the floor just a little bit more. And um, Mason was able to, you know, kind of fit into a role there. Uh, Noah, he, he, Noah was a leader. Noah, Noah was, you know, I still have the quote somewhere from the Falmouth Outlook. He, he told somebody, he told, he told Sam McClanahan, I'm sorry, when Noah was being interviewed before the season about our younger and, and, one, and Sam asked a question about our younger kids. I'm sorry. And he, he told him, he said, it's like we're training them to take our jobs. 
So Noah was a leader. Um, he gave you everything he had. He hit shots. He rebounded well for his size, and he rebounded out of his. You know, he rebounded outside of his area a little bit. Um, he hit a big shot down Harrison County last year to get us a win. Um, so I never doubted those two guys' toughness. They came in from the day I got the job. They were here every day. They worked hard, and they're they're good kids, and you know they're going to be successful in life. Trading. Obviously, you know, you hit on a lot of it. Um, Traden improved a lot as a player. Traden was maybe one of the most coachable kids I've ever been around. I always said he didn't say much. Um, but when he did, everybody listened to it. And uh, every now and then, you know, when things would get tight, he would just kind of say, it's, it's time to just get me the ball. And it wouldn't be, what do you want to run? I would just kind of ask him, well, where do you want to catch it? You know, and he would tell me where he wanted to get the ball. Okay, well, we're going to draw something up to get him the ball there. And, all right, stud, go to work. Um, he's down at Brescia. Um, the thing I think – the thing about the NAI level for trading is I think that is a level where trading can really, really – I think he can be a great NAIA basketball player. And they – and financially, they made it to a point where he's not really paying anything. He's really not paying much. Um He's battling a little ankle injury down there right now. He'll be he'll he it's the first time he's ever really been, you know, hurt. He'll bounce back from that. And the thing about trading is trading would guard you too. So trading's not gonna, you know, trading made the comment to me that when he got down there, that he wasn't as lost defensively as other guys, just because of how hard we play on defense here. And um, I just kind of said, Well, good, you know, you know, you've got the game, just keep working at it. And if that finds you, if that if you find a way to get more minutes as a freshman, because of that, then that's good for you. I mean, I, I mean, and he's he was about their seventh or eighth man in their first scrimmage when he got hurt. So I, I think he's going to have a great career down there, and you know, he's just a wonderful kid. And like I said, you know, obviously his brother, but you know, they're a good family too. I mean, all, all them all them boys came from from just great great families that, that, that I still value the relationship with. Uh, you know, as opposing coach, and the one thing I've always said to you was, and even last year, we even started running some of the stuff because I feel like your teams execute offensively really well. You run really good sets. Um, I stole pressure cut. Um, we ran it. To, we got to be where we started running it pretty good, and we started our timing and execution of it. It took us a while to get it down. It was a little different from us, but um, you – as a coach are very good at um, putting your guys in position to be successful and how you, you know, you talked about it with trading. It's not, you know, you tell me where you want to get the ball. We'll get you the ball there. Trading was very good in isolation. Um, I still can see a spin move. I can still see him cradling the ball, you know, finishing with contact around the rim. And, you know, I just want to wish him the best of luck because he was one of those guys. And, you know, I think every team has, one guy that makes us a better coach. What are we going to do as the opposing coach to try? I don't like saying stop because I couldn't stop him. I never stopped him. I tried to limit his touches. I tried to, you know, if he was going to get 30, I tried to make sure we stopped everybody else. But, um, you know, I feel like your program, you know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like your program takes a hit from a leadership standpoint from just, you know, by losing those three kids and, you know, you mentioned some other kids earlier, but I want to talk about, you know, some of your returners. 
man, you're going to return 23 points per game, okay? That's tough. You know, and I talked to John Michael about the same thing. I think he's returning 24 points per game based on what he lost from Dalton Davenport and Brady Schweitzer. Um, Who do you see – can make a jump at the scoring column. You know, I know Braden Kidwell has a scoring mentality, shoots the ball really well from the perimeter, and I think he also has a little bit of touch around the rim and just knows how to score the basketball. So who else maybe, and what what kind of jump do you expect from Braden this year and maybe some others? I think the biggest thing with Braden, I'll touch on that first, is Braden is going to have – and he's done a – he's in so much he, – he blew his knee out his sophomore year. And 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 I t- and Braden wasn't in the best shape um, as a sophomore. He worked hard to get into shape, and then he then he got hurt, and he still worked hard. And he you know he was in a little bit better shape as a junior. Braden has dropped now. He still weighs around the same, but he's it's a different type of weight that he is carrying. I think people will see that. He's kind of transformed um, his body into more muscle. He he yeah. has he. You know, we, he's about he's about two thirty, and he's a big, strong kid. Um, as as far as Braden scoring more, we're going to try and post him a little bit more. You know, he's going to have to get offensive rebounds, stuff like that. I, I think Braden, and he will score more simply because we're, we'll run more stuff for him. Right. And also, I think Jacob Redden. What well, he, you know, Jacob's one of those guys. You know, when the light bulb finally came on, Jacob was a good player. And I, I really think the light bulb finally came on for him down there at uh, Cynthia in Cynthia at Harrison County last year. Um, he had, he had 15 that night. He hit a big three. He got a big steal. Got to let, you know, when we made that comeback and won that game. So the light bulb kind of came on for him a little bit. Um, I think Connor Neltner is someone that is going to produce a little bit more. He's, he's got a little bit more, um, He's a junior. He's played some, not much. Um, and outside of that, we have some freshmen. We we have some. We have a freshman and some sophomores that I think can really help us uh, as sophomores. Alex Bice, Hunter Cox, Austin Kirsch. I mean, Alex is a very good shooter, you know. But the bright lights haven't came on for him yet. You know, he, there's a difference between doing it on the freshman and JV level. Hunter Cox is a good athlete. He can get in the lane. He finishes at the rim. You know, he's a strong kid. He's about 5'10", and he's a real strong physical kid. But once again, he hasn't played much varsity basketball. Austin is about 6'4", 6'5", about 220 right now, and he looks good. You know, we were doing some post moves the other day, and, I, you know, Coach Monroe had the guards on one end, and I had the big guys on the other, and he sealed me and hit me with something. And I've been sleeping on a heating pad for three days, you know, and Austin's got a touch around the rim. He had a good summer. Um, if you, if he had a real good act. And a matter of fact, he had a real good game this summer over at Augusta against coach Henson's team. And he was, and Jason actually asked me, who's this kid? Um, we also, obviously we, we return Ethan burst. Um, and, and Ethan's one of those guys. I just yell at him and I'm like, you have got to shoot the ball when you're open. You're not a bad shooter. He's not a great shooter, but he's a good shooter. You know what I mean? And he can get hot. I said, but our offense is going to be so much more wide open when you do that, okay? Because – and I'm not one of those guys that gets mad at people for taking open shots, especially – we work on footwork and stuff like that all the time. And I really truly think – I don't think you can make somebody like a special shooter. 
I do think you can make them respectable to where teams got to respect it. We have another junior named Travis Turner. He's worked on his shot a lot, and he is shooting the ball well. And then we have a freshman named Luke Gregg who he, he's talented. He's talented, and he's going to find a way to earn some minutes. And his saving grace is he can shoot the basketball right now. Well, and you know as well as I do that the game of basketball and at all three levels, high school, college, and professionally, is coming out to be if you can make it, you'll play. It's becoming a, a scoring game, which I know the, the always the, the goal has been to, you know, make the basketball. But, you know, I can speak, I can speak specifically about Luke Gregg because I watched him in a JV game last year. I think he hit seven, eight threes against our JV. And yeah, I don't care for the best defensive team. I don't care for the worst defensive team. I don't care if we left him completely wide open. If you make seven threes in a contest, you can put the ball in the basket. So I actually wrote Luke Gregg's name down here. I was going to ask you about him. So I'm glad you touched on him. And, you know, what does he have to do to maybe earn more varsity minutes? Because I know he can put the ball in the basket. He's got to do everything else. <laughs> I mean, it's and, and he and he's and he's worked hard at it and he's coachable. Um, you know, but it's 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 not just him, it's it's all these guys. I mean, like I said, I, I really truly believe we have some good young talent in you know in the halls here. And and they're kids that dedicate themselves to the game of basketball. And they spend a lot of time in the gym. They work out in the weight room. They go play, you know, and they're, they're, they're guys, they just go play pickup at places. They go play where there's no fouls. You know, they just go find a game somewhere, you know, and Luke's one, and Luke's one of them got every, you know, you know, basketball's his girlfriend, you know I mean? That's, that's what he, you know, but, but Hunter and Alex and all, they're all that, they're all that way. And the thing about it is, like I said, I, I, I really like our young talent, but it's young talent. And it's there's going to be hiccups. And, you know, I wrote something out the other day that I put it, I drew a big P in the middle of a piece of paper. And I wrote, you know, I wrote patience, pace, priority, passion. And that was just for me with, with these guys. Under, I mean, obviously, I have a passion for the game of basketball. What am I going to prioritize for, for this team? And having a pace throughout the season of not freaking out, and that, that just all turns into the pace. And I literally, I look at it just about every day. Just I'm going to have to be more patient with this group than I've had to been in the past because even the ones that came back when I first got the job, you know, the, the guys that were returning from Coach Belcher's team, besides that, I know they lost Dante, but they only had one other senior that year. So they might have taken their lumps a little bit when they were, you know, sophomores, juniors, whatever, but they had played varsity basketball. We, we just don't – we don't have a lot of guys that return a lot of experience right now. And, and, you know, maybe part of that's my fault. Maybe some of these guys should have been playing a little bit more last year, but, you know, you kind of had a vision and you tried to go with it. Like I said, I, I like our young guys. I just think we're just going to have to be patient. We may take our lumps early. But our, like I said, our goal is to be clicking, you know, come, you know, right around the district tournament time. Um, talk to me about Ethan Burst a little bit more because um, as, a, as an opposing coach, watching Ethan and how he plays, um, I would probably – if you asked me to describe him in one word, I'd probably say fearless. Um, I think he plays 
Um, you know, what is he? Maybe five eight, five seven, yeah, five eight. No, we're we're giving him five nine, coach. We're, okay. We're giving, we're giving uh, I, and, and I'm gonna say he's a legit five eight and a half right now. Okay. So we'll say five nine because we know on the programs that we always list our players two or three inches taller than what they really are. So we'll go five nine. But the one thing about Ethan. I think he plays, and when he's out there, I think he plays like he's 6'9". I mean, he'll stand in front of the biggest guy on there, take a charge. He gets up underneath ball handlers, pressures 92 feet, um, 84 feet, whatever the length of the high school gym is. I never ran the whole, I never ran the whole length of the floor as a player, so I'm not exactly sure how long it really is. But, you know, just the way he plays, I think, is something that, as a fan and as an opposing coach, you can admire because very few kids play the way he does now. Ethan came in as a freshman in the summer and he walks in and there's like this, you know, just a little pipsqueak. And he he's actually a really, really good baseball player. And that's probably his best sport. Um, <clears throat> and he comes in and he had been at baseball. I didn't, I really, I mean, I, I, I got a list of names and I just, sent out, you know, mass email, whatever. Hey, we're going to start workouts this day. I got the job kind of, you know, middle of May. Well, baseball comes in and he walks in and he goes, hi, I'm here for practice. I'm like, well, what's your name? I'm Ethan Verst. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. You know, I'll be, a, you're going to be a freshman, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, you know, get on in there. Let's, let's figure it out. You know, I wasn't going to turn anybody away. And man, he's all over the place and he's, he, and he's garden trading and clay and Mason and Noah you know, all over the floor. And I'm like, I looked at Kent Monroe by the time we got here in the fall. And I said, this kid's going to play. He goes, yeah, he could be a good player one day. I said, no, Kent, he's going to play. Like, he's going to play right He's going to play today. <laughs> yeah, like he's going to play right now. And I said, because here's the thing about it is we're going to put him in there and the intensity is going to get – is going to go – now, he, he may – and he'll still do this sometimes – He'll do some crazy stuff from time to time, and you're like, oh, God. But you know, we always we always joke around as coaches that he would step in front of a train. So every now and then he'll take a charge, and you'll hear somebody on the bench go, choo-choo. You know, it, 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 was, normally, it was normally Kent Monroe. I'm not going to lie. He'd go, choo-choo. And it, I would laugh. And then I'd be like, you know, and there was there was times, you know, he took, he took some hits doing it, man. But, you know, he's got to take – he's got he's to learn to take better care of the ball. He's got to learn to trust his shot more and learn that he's not a niche player, that he's a basketball player, which he is. I mean, and now now he's one of the older guys, and, and, and now I think he realizes, you know, what it's all about. As far as Ethan – I always say that Ethan's a foxhole kid, and I, you may have heard me say the same before. You know, if every, every coach has got two or three guys that if they had to go into a foxhole and fight somebody – they're going to take a couple guys. I would take Ethan. He's going to now. He may get both of us killed, but he's going to fight. You know what I mean? So but, I, 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 I love it when Ethan's on the floor, especially defensively, just because he gives us an element that not everybody can give. You know, not just on my team, with a lot of teams. And I, I don't, I, I don't think any coach would 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 send him away. You know, he. Mm-hmm. He goes out there and he, he makes things happen. I actually think most coaches would probably dream to have a player like him. And there's been a lot of us who have coached for years 
that probably has never coached somebody like Ethan Burst. And if I had to go into a foxhole tomorrow to fight, I'd probably call you and ask if I could borrow it. Huh. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of that, like I said, a lot of that comes back from when he was a freshman. He, his mind, not only was I telling Kent, like this kid's going to play, his mindset was, I'm going to find a way to play. And this is, you know, what, well, he you know, as well this as is I what do. he wants me, this is what he wants me to do. So I'm going to go out there and do it. Excuse me. You know, as well as I do, though, when you're that small, sometimes you feel like the only way you get an opportunity to play is to go out there and hustle and dive on the floor after loose balls, take the charges and do all those things on the court that that aren't really flashy or that aren't really pretty, but they're winning plays. And, yeah. you know, Ethan Verse comes to my mind when I think about players in the 10th who are willing to make whatever plays necessary for his team to win. It doesn't he, matter what that play is. I mean, he made – I mean, last year against Nicholas County, he took four charges in one game. I mean, that's 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 fairly imp- – and they were legit. It wasn't like he, – he wasn't camped out under the rim. I mean, he was up, you know – Garden guys and you know, guys are shoving off, whatever. So yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never, you know, I've never thought twice about putting Ethan in the game, and I've always respected what he gives us because he comes out and he and he's like getting practice every day. You know, if if we're doing some type of one on one drill, he can't wait. You know, and 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 the guy that he's guarding is going to get a challenge, and he and he's trying to, and he tries to challenge guys offensively. You know, and tries to make you know tries to make plays there as well. So, you know, I know, like I said, there's a little bit more going to be. He's going to be counting on for a little bit more this year, along with a lot of other guys. Like I said, including these young guys we talked about previously. And I, you know, I've never had a problem or an issue one bit. You know, putting Ethan in the game because I, I, he makes momentum plays for us. He always has, and you know, I, you know, guys got guys resonate off of that stuff. It's and it's crazy how. The plays he makes and that wants to make are probably some of the biggest momentum shifters in basketball. You know, out there pressuring on a ball handler and just his anticipation and quickness is so good that, you know, when a guy starts dribbling, he can jump in his path, get in position, feet set to take that charge when you need a big possession. And um, he plays extremely hard. I know as an opposing coach at times, it was frustrating when he's pressuring your ball handler, wearing them out before they get across half court. Um, he plays his role well and very effective at what he does. And um, he's a he's a charismatic kid too. So when and he'll listen to this, and when he does, he'll probably be five ten by the time he's done. Like, <laughs> you know, Coach Kels was hyping me up a little bit. Uh, no, you know, and that's one thing I've always tried to do as an opposing coach. Yeah, you know, when we step in the lines. <laughs> We want to win. We're going to compete. We're going to do everything we can as coaches to help our team win. But I've always tried to give credit to all the athletes in the 10th region that deserve credit because um, I'm still a basketball fan at heart. Whether I'm a coach or not, I enjoy watching good basketball. I enjoy watching fun basketball. And I think Ethan makes the game fun when he's out there. Um, I, 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 I enjoy watching kids who look like they're having fun playing the game. You know what and I mean? That's, like, and, and ah. especially, especially when they're doing it the right way, I enjoy watching kids. You know, you know, and sometimes, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I just, I just, I, I sit down, and I watch teams play, and obviously, you're trying to get sets, and whatever. But I'm just like, man, is this kid like this kid? He's in the right position defensively a lot. 
this kid, not only does he box out well, he enjoys boxing, you know, just, just stuff like that. Right. And, and I think, you know, one thing that would be extremely fun is, you know, I'd love to get together with every coach in the 10th region and watch the same film together and have all, all coaches in the 10th. Of course, you know, I'm no longer in that fraternity and, but I would love to be a part of watching it and just to see how each of us break down film differently and, you know, just the things we look for, because I'm like you, um, I don't always look for a lot of sets when I scout. I look for personnel. I look for individual strengths and weaknesses to, you know, if I know somebody always likes to go left, you know, what can we do to push them to the right or, you know, because by the time you learn your sets and you execute your sets, you don't really have time to learn somebody else's. Maybe if you teach them one or two or whatever, but all right. With that being said, um, one thing I've looked over your schedule here. I think, you know, you talked about it earlier. I think, exactly what you said you've accomplished i feel like there's some tough games that'll put you in some uh um i guess different uh atmospheres and things that prepare you for the postseason but the one game you know i'm gonna be, I'm be able to watch a lot of basketball this year i don't necessarily have to be tied down to one gym i'll probably be all over but um the one game I really would like to see, but I can't because I am going to the Marshall County Hoop Fest with Robertson County on December 4th. But, you know, Ryle at Harrison County in the tip-off classic, obviously that's Coach Belcher um, coaching. Is this Will this be his first game coaching against Pendleton County? Or have you played Ryle before? Unless he uh, did it somewhere before he got here. This, this will be his first. We've, we've not played him. Um, right. Um, I, I, I think it's something that our communities – excited for it. I'm sure that uh, Coach Belcher will definitely have his guys ready to go that afternoon. Right, and I, and I know you will too, but I'm just looking at different games here. But the one thing I want to talk about that I think you've always done really good at Pendleton County is um, the community. Um, I see posts. I see how you uh, involve the community in different things. But the Philip Wood Classic, explain to the listeners, you know, I know who Philip Wood is. I've been around a while, but there may be people listening. Explain who Philip Wood is and what he meant to Pendleton County. Before I do that, I, I do want to say that my first year here, it was uh, Coach Belcher started that. Right. My first year here, Coach Belcher, um, the t- we had a team renege on us late. And we just – we had no choice. You know, I couldn't get anybody to fill it, and I got offered to go play in something. So we had to cancel it there. And then last year, well – Coping, yeah. Anyways, um, so the Philip Coach Wood was the not I don't he I don't believe he was the original coach here. I, he took over, I believe, in '65 when they won the region, and then he was the coach of the '71 team um, that won the region, and also I believe that they were runner up in '72. Coach Wood won 14 district championships here. Um, he's 84 years old. He's someone that I still see probably once a week. Um, he's someone that I talk to. Um, I, I call him, um, you know, and he'll offer advice. To, you know, just you know, keep working at it. Keep 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 going hard. He tries to get to a game or two a year. So we're having the Philip Wood Classic. Um, we're playing Lewis County in the first round. We also have Thomas Nelson um, near Louisville from Nelson County coming in. Um, we were lucky to find them and Carroll County's coming. Actually, Coach Moore agreed to that and signed a contract before he went to Franklin County. But um, 
and it's something that we're going to try and do here. And we want to turn it into something as big as possible and have it be something that our community can be proud of. Um, we've gotten a sponsorship for it. Uh, Troy Steele, who announces a lot of our games, he works at Fuller Ford. Fuller Ford is going to is going to be the uh, title sponsor for it. We've gotten some companies in town to be on board with it. I want to give a shout out to uh, to People's Trophies. Um, they're donating some stuff for it. I mean, we're also buying some stuff from them, but they are it, we are getting a little bit of a discount from them. Um, and we're going to try and use local businesses as, as best we can. Um, you know, here for it. It's a, it'll be a two night event. Uh, going to have try and have a nice hospitality room and hopefully a good you know good four team tournament. And it's something that we can hopefully do every year here and uh, where the community really gets behind it. Also for for Coach Wood, last year was the 50th anniversary of his 71 team that won the region. Um, and this is more for that team and not just Coach Wood. Right. Uh, obviously last year, you know, with, with all the stuff we had to deal with, you know, it just all went, you know, down the tube at times. Um, we had we were we were going to try and have the 71 team night. So I guess this year will be the 51st anniversary, and we're going to, on a January 5th, 6th, 7th, it's the first Friday in January, whatever that is. Um, we're playing is that Scott with Scott, Scott at home? Yes, yes we're having the uh, seventh. Yes, we're, ha we're, we're, having, we're having something to honor the 71 team that night um, in between the JV and varsity game, and hopefully a lot of those guys are back here. Um, it's it's word starting to get out in the public about it and we're trying to locate some people. So it's just a, it's just something else that, that we can take pride in as a community. And, and I say this all the time. I, I, I you're, this is probably what you're alluding to anyway. Pelican County is a great place in terms of the community to be the basketball coach. Um, there is 75, 80 year old men and women in this town when I walk by, they say, hey, coach. And I'm like, hey, how are you? Some I recognize, some I don't. Um, and there's times where these people are at the games. That, you know, they, you know, when, when the team comes out of that little door there and the band hits that fight song, these people stand up and they know the words. And uh, I tell our kids all the time, it's not like this everywhere. And, you know, and I, I'll – one more, one more quick thing, and I, and I kind of stole this from listening to Bob Huggins talk, and he talked about the people in West Virginia, about just how West Virginia is that state's team. And I always say, you guys are this county's team. And I, and I one of the things I say to him, I, I asked him this one day, when we first started practice, we kind of had a little law one day, and I said, how many of you all, in, in some way, shape, or form, somebody in your family, whether it's you, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whatever, are, are some way associated with a farm. And I said, well, raise your hand. And all these hands, I said, I said, raise your hand if it's not. And there's like three kids. Okay. So I said, these guys get up four or five o'clock in the morning and they do all that stuff, you know, whether it's dairy, you know, tobacco, whatever. I said, they do all this. And then they come here and watch you play. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, and we can't play hard every play. I mean, they do all that. And then they come here and support like you're what you're you're what they enjoy seeing. You're their free time. I said, we got to play. We, we owe it to these people to play hard every play. And that's just kind of something that we've always bought in at here is, you know, we may not be the most but we we may not be the most talented team all the time, but 
we can play hard every play and see how it shakes out. And the community, and, they really, the community as a whole, they really respect that. They, they, they love, the, they love seeing our kids just get out there and bust their butts. I mean, that's the best and, way I can describe it. Well, you actually talked about what I was, what I was alluding to and the, the community support that you get at Pendleton County is, you know, playing over there on a Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday night. Um, I'm actually one of those people that love the high school bands and the gymnasium. And I don't want to hear the CDs and the rap music when the team takes the floor. I want to hear the pep band playing the fight song. I want to see the people who graduated from Pendleton County the last 25 years all stand up and clap. And, you know, that's what I look for. And you do have the community support over there. And it's amazing that the, you know, and I love what you just said. And I think if I was still coaching, I'd probably put it in my back pocket. If these people in the community can do everything they do and still show up to support you, the least we can do is play hard. And, you know, I do like the com the comment. Um, we don't have to be the best basketball team on the floor. Or we don't have to be, but we can be the hardest working. We may not yeah, be and, the most talented. And, and, you know, and that's just, and I'll, it just sounds selfish or arrogant or toot my own horn, whatever. That's just kind of the way I was raised. You know, I, you know, I had a, I had a great childhood. I had a great mother and a great father, but I was raised by parents who got up and went to work every day. And, you know, it, you know, and I joined this and I joined the service and I learned it that way. I just don't think there's any harm in putting in, you know, couple hours work, you know, you know, for practice, I don't think there's any harm in, in practicing hard. I don't think there's any harm in playing hard. And when you get all these guys to buy into it, it, it can be a beautiful thing. And, it, and it's, and it, and it can be ugly while it's beautiful. You know, and, that, and that's what I tell our kids is sometimes we have to make things ugly for it to look good for us. And for the most part, they've always bought into that. And that's just, that, that's just something else. It's just, you know, it's just, it's something else about this place. You know, it's, it's kind of a throwback place in that the kids here, they grow up wanting to wear this uniform. And I'm sure it's that way in a lot of the 10th region, but, you know, as someone who grew up not in the region, even though I guess I always get labeled, you know, oh, you're that Northern Kentucky guy. I've been in this region 10 years. I don't know how long you got to do, but that being said, it's it is something that I, I still get a kick out. I, I get cold chills thinking about it. And I, you know, and we, you talk about our gym and stuff like that, Patrick. It's the perfect size for our county. It's not too big. It's not too small. The fans are right on top of you. They put that student section at midcourt. And you know what? If it's a tough place to play, then great. You know, Good. That's, that's what we that's what we want. I mean, we hope. Uh, and I hope that our, that, you know, a lot of times I don't hear stuff, but I hope that our, that our students and that our fans do it with class, but if they're loud and enthusiastic, let's, let's roll with it. I'm, I'm sounds great to me. Let, let's do it again. You know, that's just my thought process with that. And that is what I think high school basketball is about having that student section there. That, you know, if you can get a good student section these days, and Pendleton County has always been successful at that, think about the school spirit. Think about, you know, the culture that you've created that the students who aren't athletes or aren't basketball players are buying into the culture that you've created. And like you said, if they show up and they are 
I'm not going to say a hindrance, but if they make it hard for the opposing team to get into a set or to hear the coach or to cause them to turn it over in a big moment because they're rattled, then, hey, that's great. And I think that's the atmosphere that all – I wish all high schools had that atmosphere is what I'm I saying. Do, because I do too. But one, one thing I will say in the 10th, and it's different, and it's just from, from where I grew up in – I tell people that I tell I tell friends about this and I said, don't get me wrong. The ninth region has a lot of talent and don't and there's great teams up there. If you win the ninth, you know what? You're going to be in the discussion for, to win the state championship. You're going to go down there and you're going to be one of the six or seven teams. that everybody says they can win it because they, they had to get out of it. I said, but on a regular Tuesday night in January or December, you can't convince me that going to some of them places is harder than where we go because you go to one of those games there, and yeah, there's people there that are cheering the teams on, watching the game. I said we pull into a we pull into Robertson County, Augusta, Mason County, Paris, whatever, Clark County, and there are people there that are waiting for you. I mean, and they're not mean, but it's like you're now in our territory. We're going to defend our house. One of those deals. And it's like that. But, you know, the flip side of that is they got to come to Falmouth, too. You know, and I tell Ark, if you can win consistently on the road in the 10th region, you're good. You're good. You're mentally tough. You're good. And that's that's the biggest difference for me between the 9th and the 10th from where I grew up is just the 9th. You get on a bus and you're there in 20 minutes. The 10th, you might be on a bus for an hour and a half. And then there's a lot of people waiting on you. And you're like, where did all these people come from? But they're there, and they're like, hey, welcome to wherever now. Buckle your and, drops, here it comes. And I've said it before, and I've not been to games in every region of Kentucky, um, but I have been in some of the other regions. And a lot of people think I'm biased or I'm partial when I say this, but it seems like on a, on a regular basis in the 10th, the atmospheres, the the coaches, the basketball being played, it's some of the best in the state. I love going into, you know, Pendleton County or Harrison County on a weeknight. I always relish the role of being the other guy or the opponent and, you know, having those schools yell and scream at us, you know. But the best thing about it was when you could go into those gyms and get a win on the road. At the t- it's tough. Like Absolutely. you said, it is tough. And I'm glad you said that and pointed that out because um, I don't think sometimes we appreciate the 10th and how good it is with, you know, road games or the network of coaches and all that until you've gone to another region like you. You've been in the ninth, like you said. And some of the best moments of a coach for me are on some of those long bus rides. You know, some of the conversations you have with your players on those bus rides, some of the memories they create, and some of the friends they make on those bus rides when they talk to somebody that they may not normally talk to throughout the school day or whatever. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade any other region for what I have right now or what uh, we've I mean, had. It, 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 it is. It, it, it truly is special. And there's great coaches, like you said, and there's great people. You know, you know, you there's there's certain people you know that when you go to watch when you or when you go I'm sorry when you go to play at their school and that they might just be fans the bookkeeper whatever you know you're going to run into that person they're going to come up and, and you haven't seen them 
since the last time they came to your place or the last time you saw Ertl State tournament. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna talk to him for five or ten minutes, and then, you know that man, he's a good dude, man. That's a good lady right there. And it, it is different. It, it, it's a different it's a different experience. I, I really enjoy it. I enjoyed it at Scott, and um, that led to you know heading down to Double A to coach with Coach Henson. And I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it here. I mean, it's it, it's there's a lot like you, you know, Fromeyer always talked about the tradition, in, um in, in this region. And it's it's more than just the regional tournament in that atmosphere. I think it's no matter where you're going, you know, when you whenever you're going there, you know, it's and it's it, it, it's a lot of fun. I really truly enjoy it. And and I and I'm a firm believer that the more hostile the environment is, the better. You know, I don't want it to get nasty. I don't want it to get, you know, to where they're saying you know, or attacking people personally or players, coaches, whatever. But the louder, the the more the band plays. And, you know, Pendleton County's got a strong band. They're loud and in that gym. They're a factor. I mean, um, the Mr. same thing with Pearson County. I Mr. mean. Ritter, Mr. Ritter, our band director, he does a good job with them guys. I, I'll, I'll give him a shout out right there. I teach right down the hall from him, so I hear him playing all day long. But, um, no, Harrison County, yeah, Harrison County's a tough environment to go play in. It, it, it really, truly, it, it, nowhere in our district is an easy place. And you know this, nowhere in our, no, there's nowhere in our, it, it, didn't you want me, it, since, you know, when it comes to like seating, you know, didn't you almost feel like, hey, if you win one on the road, didn't you almost feel like you kind of won two in, in a way, almost almost like an NFL division team where yeah. you like, you know, hey, we went over there and we stole one. Now, if we can just get this one at home against them, you know, now they really got to come catch us type deal, no matter no matter who it is. And the last thing before we go, because I think I only set this to record for an hour and 15 minutes, we're right at pushing at an hour here. Um, the one thing um, to kind of end on, you know, me and Coach Wright talked about within the district, um, you know, this year, um, you know, I won't be surprised if, you know, you're the two seed. I won't be surprised if you're the four seed. I won't be surprised if Robert's in the two. I won't be surprised if they're the four and the same for Coach Wrights at Nicholas. But the one thing we talked about is, you know, there's really no difference between the two and the three. So you can sit there and say, you know, as long as we're the three, you know, you don't really have to fight for that two seed, which, you know, I think this year, I mean, I, maybe you can help me here. Is the district will be at all one location this year? We'll be in Falmouth, brother. I, I thought it was Pendleton County. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter if you're the two or the three. You're going to be the home team regardless. It doesn't matter if you're the four. You're going to be the home team. Um, so, um, but talk about just, you know, he mentioned, and I want to know your thoughts on this. He mentioned he thinks he has to go potentially three and three or four and two to be the two seed. I mean, do you feel like that's the case or do you feel like maybe, you know, and like I said, maybe I'm maybe I'm putting too much stock into Harrison County, but right now on November third, twenty twenty one, at eight thirty nine p.m., I feel like they're the best team. So, just feel like, what record do you think you need to have at Pendleton County to secure the two seed? Do you think you can get the two at three and three to secure it? Like where you know you're going to be the two seed? Well, five and just, five, five and one, five and one, because that means you. That means you're. You're tied with whoever, probably for the one seed. If you think back to, 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 to two years ago when we went over there to to play you guys 
And uh, if we'd have tied that game, it would have, if we'd have beat you. And it was a much better game than the first time when you came in here that my first year and just, you know, housed us. If you think back, yeah, I think you, to, to know you're going to be the two seed, I'd say five and one. I mean, I guess you got a good chance at four and two. I mean, and like you said, on November 3rd, you know, the goal was six and oh. Absolutely. But it's like you talk, I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's that, I don't know there's that huge a gap between not just two and four. I, I think, I don't think there's that big a gap between all four of our teams. Just, hey, we, we, we kind of know what everybody's going to do and what everybody's got. And it's just going to come down to who makes plays when we play each other. Well, think um, about this, coach. Look back the last, Two, three, four regular seasons. Pendleton and Nicholas. I'm not even talking about Robertson, but Pendleton and Nicholas has had some success, some, some success against Harrison County in the regular season. So by no means, you know, when I say right now they're the one, do I think they're going to go six and zero? Oh? I'm not saying that. I think it's possible, but I also think it's possible that two, three, and four could all be three and three. I mean, I, I really think there's that much parity. I don't think anybody's going to go zero and six. I could be wrong, but I'm just saying. I, 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 uh, I, I can't dispute that in any way, shape, or form, simply because the your logic is not flawed at all. I just don't know that there's that big a gap between everybody, and you know, it's it's not like you get the one seed and you relax, right? You know, I mean, think about I me. Mean, two years ago, you were the one seed, and you had to you had to play Nicholas at Nicholas. And they played with you for, I don't know, a half or so. Right. Yet. I mean, last year, Nicholas was the fourth seed, and they go to Harrison. Wasn't it like a – was it like they a, were de- Coach Wright said they were down four. They were without three of their top six. Um, Davenport didn't play. Um, he mentioned two other – Tate Letcher was one other, and I don't remember the third one that didn't play, three of the top six. They're down four with two minutes ago and, and missed two free throws to cut it to two. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I – that's that's my logic with it. My my thing is this is I don't ever doubt that our kids will be ready to play on those nights. But you know what? Neither is neither is Coach Brooks, neither right. is Coach Wrights, neither is Coach Massey's. You know, so it don't at the end of the day, man, you, you just kind of gotta go make plays and you and you gotta do things the right way. And you see how it shakes out because I mean when and for the most part, it's going to come down to the last four or five minutes. And, you know, somebody's going to be in striking distance or the game's going to be tight, one of the two. Or I shouldn't say tight, the game's going to be right. tied. You know, right. and and you're going to you're going to you're going to see, you know, who's mentally and physically tough enough to make things happen. Um, the other the other thing about it is, is w- within these four teams is everybody's everybody does something that the other teams don't like, you know, that the other teams, you know, Good point. everybody does something that, 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 that other team struggles with. So, you know, it, it just all comes down to who can take advantage of, you know, what, you know, whatever situation they're faced with and try and make the best of it. Um, as far as our district, I mean, I, I, if you want to say Harrison's the favorite right now, I would probably agree with that. Because it's simply because of what they return. That's what I'm going with. And, and and there's and there's nothing wrong with that. I think obviously you know Robertson has one very very special player. 
And I'm one of those guys that also, you know, I'm one of those guys, I've said this from the beginning, I didn't think that the drop-off is going to be as steep as some people think over there. Right. And Um, I do know a little bit more about them. I've seen them practice. They are going to surprise some people, but um, they still got four guys on the floor with very well Plosky back. So three guys on the floor that was very little varsity experience, but coach, I think we're down to a minute before it cuts off and I don't want to get cut off. So I do want to thank you and appreciate your time. I know it's been a long day for you. You come in after practice and I appreciate you speaking with me. I just want to wish you guys the best of luck this year and I can't wait to watch you play. Yeah, let us know whenever you want to come over, man. We'll be here. That was Pendleton County head coach Sam Ellsburn. And I want to thank Coach Ellsburn and wish his Wildcats the best of luck this season. also want to thank you guys at home who are faithful followers and uh, supporters of the Stay Hot podcast. It's much appreciated. So stay tuned and stay hot.